Hey everyone, before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot and here's the show. Economically anxious racists, you're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast, where you send us your most sinister movie dares, and we suffer the consequences for your amusement. I'm Corky McDonald, local comedian, and I rode in here on a Jared turbocharger. And with me, as always, is Daniel Barnes, a film critic for the Sacramento News and Review, and a member of the San Francisco Film Critics Circle. Is that a Jared Starburst? Is that that new Jared Starburst? The new Jared Starburst? Woo, that thing is sweet. The 18s are nice. The prototype turbocharger in that thing, I tell you. Hi, everyone. As Corky said, on this show, we do your dirty work by watching the most unwatchable movies you can imagine, and then we review and rate them on our unique system. We give a run-of-the-mill bad film a dare, we give a double dare to the truly atrocious movies, and we reserve the reverse dare for those despised movies that we think are actually pretty good. Today on the podcast, we'll be reviewing Louis Teague's 1989 action comedy, Collision Course, starring the dream team of Noriyuki Pat Morita and Jay Leno. Yeah, so today I've been bringing, uh, of course, you know, a lot of hazy IPAs, hazy pale ales, double IPAs, and so forth. So I wanted to break it up, break up the monotony a little bit. So I brought clear one the of, haze, as it were. Clear the haze. It's also early in the morning today as we're recording this. We're both a little kind of draggy. We need a little coffee. So I got us a coffee beer, one of my favorite coffee beers, Modern Times Black House. Yeah. It's an oatmeal stout made, uh, brewed with Modern Times' own coffee. They're a roastery as well as a brewery. Uh, 75% Ethiopian coffee, 25% Sumatran coffee. Just has very clean, delicious, co- uh, roasted coffee sort of flavor in there. This is one of the few beers that I'm familiar with before you brought it in. Ah, uh, yeah. This is one of my favorites. I love this dark. Yeah, Modern Times is huge these days. They started in uh, San Diego. They have spots in LA now. They're expanding all over the world. They're huge, but they just make a fantastic beer. Carried at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. There you go. This film was dared to us by Daniel's wife, Darcy Self, of At Gal Fry Designs. I love you, Darcy. Her dare goes like this. So, am I doing the right good Darcy there? Perfect. Good inflection? So, I was flipping through Hulu, and this little gem popped up, colon, Collision Course, starring the hilarious comedy duo of Jay Leno and Pat Morita. I mean, how can you resist? <laughs> IMDb has this to say. A Japanese investigator, parentheses Morita, and a Detroit cop, parentheses Leno, Team up to track down a stolen prototype turbocharger. Oh, that you is, can't even you say that without get, laughing. You had the That's same the problem. problem. That's the plot of the movie. That's the fucking it's plot. It's a stolen prototype turbocharger. That's our MacGuffin. Darcy, she wants me to let you know, because she watched this movie with me. Bless sure. her heart. Yeah. Bless her heart. I mean, what talk about a supportive spouse there. Right. She was an army brat. Oh. So she spent a lot of the 80s and the 90s in Europe. So she's not as familiar with like... American culture from that era. Oh, okay. So I don't think she knew that if you have a movie in the 1980s and it's a comedy and there's an Asian person in it, oh, yeah. the movie is really racist. Yeah. She had no idea in her beautiful innocence. <laughs> she thought she saw this and she thought, Jay Little Pamarita, that'll be goofy. And it was like, oh my God, this is really racist. <laughs> 
but yeah, in uh, episode 10, if you recall, we reviewed a little film called Theodore Rex. Yes. Have you scrubbed that from your memory or do you remember it? The memories, no, the nightmares still the come. The hypnosis didn't take. No. Uh, yeah, so that was Theodore Rex. Teddy Rex is a super fan, like us. Uh, that movie starred Whoopi Goldberg as a cyborg police officer. <laughs> That's right. Partnered with a talking dinosaur. It's a movie that sounds so insane and ridiculous that it seems fake. And I think several people actually thought maybe we were making it up at yeah. first. Yeah, yeah, you got some responses on social media like, that movie's not real. Right, exactly. Well, here we go again. The 1989 action comedy Collision Course presents us with another incredible duo of mismatched cops, Noriyuki Pat Morita, best known as Miyagi from the Karate Kid films, and longtime Tonight Show host Jay Leno as culture-clashing detectives trying to retrieve a stolen turbocharger prototype. You can't say it without <laughs> laughing. The film was directed by Louis Teague, who was apparently brought on at the last minute and was one of at least five directors to work on the film. You Jesus. can't tell. It's seamless. Wow. Um, although Teague is the only one who actually got credited, the other four got away scot-free. In addition to uh, Leno and Marita, who, uh, fun fact for Sacramentans, did you know Pat Marita was born in Isleton? I did. A tiny Delta town, just 40, 45 minutes south here. His family operated a restaurant in Sacramento called Ariaki Chop Suey before he started his comedy career. Collision Course co-stars, in addition to Marita and Leno, pretty good character actors, Ernie Hudson, Chris Sarandon, Randall Tex Cobb, Tom Noonan. This is Leno's only comedy vehicle, although between 1993 and 2008, uh, which is his heyday on The Tonight Show, he made appearances as himself or a version of himself in 23 movies. I can believe it. And 27 television episodes. Crazy. But like I said, this is Leno's only true comedy vehicle, and it seems like everyone involved with the film was content to never let it see the light of day, and I think I know why. It is very poorly made and crazy racist. The film actually was unreleased until 1992, the same year Jay Leno took over The Tonight Show, when it was put on home video ostensibly to cash in on Leno's rising celebrity, Corky. Yeah. We went very strongly negative last week on The Monuments Men. Because it was awful. I feel we're probably going to go very strongly negative on Collision Course. Yeah. Um, And you know, too much negativity... It kind of it bottles you up, you know what I mean? It kind of clogs you up It's inside. a beautiful Sunday morning. It's a beautiful day. Why are we wallowing in the negativity, There's cartoon right? birds on our shoulders. And yet, at the same time, we're, we're duty-bound to review this movie, and we hated it. Yes. I, I'm assuming you hated it. You're a conscious, yeah. thoughtful, intelligent human being. <laughs> um, but before we get so negative, let's start with a little ray of sunshine, a little positivity. Corky, give me something positive that you can say about this vile... Racist, <laughs> stupid, racist, racist pile of feces. I will say two positive things. Oh, two. Count them two. Hell. Right. To celebrate the comedy pairing of Pat Morita and Jay Leno, I'm going to give you two positives. <laughs> One, I didn't hate this movie. Didn't hate it. I intensely disliked this movie. Okay. It was yeah, not yeah. a good movie oh, or even. My, my at- no. Even below average, it's yeah. below, below average. But I didn't hate it. <laughs> okay. There are a couple redeeming spots in this movie. <laughs> That's as positive you as I found, can get. You found the truffles in, yeah. in all the muck. Yes, I am the pig who found the truffles <laughs> in the dreck. Yes. <laughs> Perf aptly described, Daniel. Second, this movie is so of its time. Oh, it could God. not be a better time capsule of late 80s 
Mid America, Detroit specifically. Yeah, it is so of its time. Yeah, all it, the cliches are in, there. Yeah, in the in the making of it. Yeah, in the storyline of it, and in its execution. Yeah, it is so of its time. Very much of it's a time capsule sort of a film. So and I could see how Darcy, growing up abroad, would look at this and be like, "What is this? <laughs> what happened here at this time? It was this bizarre foreign culture?" Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, it could not have endeared her to America at all. I'm sure she was ready to get the passport and get out again it's just a lowest common denominator of every 80s action comedy cliche of uh, mismatched buddy cops culture clashing aka racism and it's just an absolutely brutal film and obviously jay leno just sticks out like a sore thumb he's just not somebody who has ever done character stuff he's always just jay leno guy telling jokes on tv he's never a character or anything he doesn't act and watching him act here was painful. Yeah. Because he's bad at it. We're using the words act and like for Louis Teague direct. <laughs> these are these are like, the best descriptions. For you Leno, can get to. it should just be shout. Yeah. He shouts every line of dialogue. It he is He chins a lot of dialogue <laughs> is what does. he does. Third positive. Third? Holy crap. It's ninety nine minutes. So it's a short slog. Okay. You know what I mean? The time. It's no time heartbeats, wise. though. No, it's, it's not no heart- heartbeats. It's heartbeats no was, seventy minutes. Was a tight seventy eight, baby. But heartbeats felt like <laughs> seven weeks. This movie only felt like three. <laughs> well, let's get right into it. Hopefully yep. our review will feel like about forty to forty five minutes. <laughs> Collision course. The first sounds we hear, actually, we hear a car revving up, speeding up, some kind of big Detroit muscle car, and then crashing, which is the perfect metaphor for this Perfectly movie. Perfectly tells you this movie is a wreck. And I know I get bogged down on this every single time. Every single time. The music yeah. in this movie <laughs> is fucking insane. It is so overbearing. It is all saxes and synths. And it's so 80s. It's so doing the Neutron Dance music. Oh, it's all God, this bad yes. Motown. Really the like the blaring, like, Sax, you know, that Whispers, kind of sax. Whispers, Denise Williams, Lost Boys surface. on the Beach sax. <laughs> you get an opening credits roll of transportation. That's all it is. It's Detroit, cars driving, yeah, trains moving. A lot moving. of helicopter shots <laughs> yes. of factories and, you know, car lots and stuff like that. Yeah, and aerial shots of Detroit. We see the Cadillac building. We see Jay Leno who is driving in a vintage automotive. He pulls up to a stoplight, and there are two black guys in a muscle car, and they're eating pizza out the window of their car. They're eating pizza. Like you do. And I think he asks for some pizza. I honestly can't tell because... As the dialogue is happening, they're both revving their engines. The sax score is still blaring. I could not hear a single word. No, I had to put closed captions on. It sounded like... Did he want pizza? Explain what (laughs) what the fuck was happening in that scene. He demands their pizza... And they argue, I guess, about the cars. Yeah. And then... They're it, driving some big muscle car. He's driving like a vintage auto. Yeah. And somehow they both know they're going to race. Yeah. <laughs> I, they couldn't hear each other. <laughs> I couldn't hear each other. But they're both sort of lurching forward, lurching forward. And yeah. then, boom, they take off and they, they start drag racing. Yes. Instantly, a cop pulls them over. This is quicker than grudge match cop pulled over Robert De Niro getting yeah. something from the 20-year-old in the car. <laughs> They get pulled over immediately by a cop, and a cop who gets out who's not Leslie Easterbrook. No. (laughs) But she looks just like (laughs) Leslie Easterbrook. 
pulls him over, and Leno tells the other guys to drive off because he's a cop. He's going to talk his way out of this. Yeah. So he comes out of the car, and they're like, what were you doing, buddy? And then he makes up some story about how he was trailing some street racing gang, yeah. and they ruin all this kind of stuff. And he's Detective Costas. Yeah. And what we're going to establish here, and what will be reestablished throughout the entire film, Detective Costas does not play by the rules. No. Certainly not. You got rules. He ain't going to play by him. <laughs> He's going to spin his own narrative about why he was racing to these dumb beat cops. So he talks his way out of it, Axel Foley style, and also scams the number of the lady cop, which again is another thing, which he is a We're going to see several stalkery times. asshole. He demands, after he announces he de- he's a detective, he demands several like, women's phone you numbers. You better give me your number. And these women range the age of like 18 There's to like 40. There's like a girl, yeah, it was like a teenage girl at the photo stand. Okay. Give me a break. Cut to Tokyo, Japan. We're at uh, an industrial espionage division. <laughs> and a top secret turbocharger has been stolen. Uh, they just said sorry, words. A top secret turbocharger. Prototype. Prototype. They just, these are like to be defined later in the script. And they just put that on the screen. <laughs> so basically we have Pat Morita, who is Fujitsuma. Uh, he's a Tokyo detective who's been brought in to investigate this. Or he... Is the Tokyo Detective, is that his cover? I think the company had its own division. Okay. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. It turns out Oshima, uh, who is a former executive at this car company, has taken the turbocharger prototype and is escaped to Detroit, where they think he's going to sell it to an American car company. Pat Morito's last name is Natsuo, and when they show Natsuo, who who stole the prototype turbocharger, prototype (laughs) turbocharger, or turbocharger prototype... (laughs) They show him pictures of Oshima, and it's his headshots. I love He's that. He's right. <laughs> he head, the actor's headshots. Yeah, we're not going to splurge for photos. Oh, fuck <laughs> no. no. Just, you, you got headshots? Great, bring them. So now we see, we cut back to Detroit. Uh, assumedly. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it, there's Oshima, because we've seen his headshot. Oshima is on the waterfront. He gets ambushed on the waterfront by Tom Noonan as Scully. Yep. And Randall Tex Cobb. Do clandestine secret meetings happen anywhere but wa- waterfronts? <laughs> Do they happen I like abandoned warehouses, waterfronts? Yeah, anywhere where a crane is. What about a Starbucks? Nobody will pay attention to you. Yeah, there. Right, I know. You're the only people out on the docks at night. You're going to get some notice. Yeah, that's a little suspicious. Yeah, guys. Uh, we see Chris Sarandon, who is the heavy, and he has a mustache. Philip and... Madras. What is? Is he supposed to be Mexican? I think he's supposed to be Italian. Oh, okay. I think he's supposed to be mobbed up, but he speaks Spanish later. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is not a... <laughs> it's not <yeah>. a well... <laughs> what's funny is that they are threatening to kill Oshima, and then inadvertently, accidentally, he has a heart attack while they're threatening him. Yeah, they put him on a crane and hang him upside down and raise the crane, because again, you always need a crane in these kind of situations for some reason. But yeah, while he's on the crane, he has a heart attack, and they're like, oh shit, what the fuck? Now we don't know where the proto the turbocharger prototype... Fuck. <laughs> it's hard to get through, man. Uh, but... Chris Sarandon, being the efficient mob boss that he is, is there on scene to witness the murder happen. <laughs> He's just like, I'll just be like 50 feet back, yes. and then no one can tie me to it. <laughs> Tells them to dump the body and find the prototype, because he didn't have it with him. And then a very awkward scene in the next scene, Tom Noonan is crushing the car with Oshima in it right. in a junkyard. The security guard who is manning the junkyard comes up and, and catches him, and Tom Noonan shoots him with a rocket. 
just a handgun, but it's a rocket. Yeah, when this happened, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was like, did he just shoot him with a rocket? And it turns out, yeah, he did. Because it's just as real bad. Nothing is real. There's no interesting composition in this movie. It's a really bad shot. He pulls out a gun, and his chest just explodes just, when you see this tracer <laughs> go right to his chest. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Like, what the fuck just happened? So we see Fujitsuma arrive in L.A. And here the racism begins. Oh, boy. Hop in, Papa-san. Mm-hmm. And we hear Japanese music, of course, too, to signify that he's in Japanese Yeah, music. that's right. I didn't even notice that. That's always, always. So then we cut to Detective Costas, which is Jay Leno, and he and his partner, Ernie Hudson, are going to make a bust. But oh, here's There's the some thing. weird bit of comedy outside of the... Th- oh, sorry, got you one going. Uh, Ernie Hudson isn't his partner. They work separate divisions. Leno's in robbery. This is made very clear. Hudson's in homicide. What? Really? Yeah, and he always bothers him for information on... That he can only get no, through Hudson. Ernie Hudson gets treated like shit in this. He gets treated like with less respect than coffee in Revolution, like Natasha Kinski's hand servant in he Revolution. He gets treated with less respect than he did in the promotion of Ghostbusters when he was cut out of all the promo <laughs> materials and it was just the three you knew. But so, yeah, they're going to make a bust in a tenement. And there's some weird bit of comedy outside where there's a Boy Scout who has cookies because yeah. in this universe... Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts? Mm. Uh, hamburgers eat people, <laughs> and Jay Leno is a Detroit detective. Um, but yeah, there's some bit where there's Boy Scout cookies just like piled up outside this house where they're going to make a bust, and Leno actually get Leno. I think gets Ernie Hudson to pay off the kid because uh, yeah, true, yeah. And then there, they but. give him another detective to go check out, and when Leno writes his address, it's literally he just <laughs> scribbles a line. It's like he can't even act writing an address out. <laughs> So they go into the house and they have the crim- they catch the criminal, but they kind of trick him by saying that they forgot the warrant. And then he says, "Great, you know, lock me up and I'll be able to sue you." And then they're like, "Oh, we did get the warrant. Yep. We have it right here." Because once again, Detective Costas, he don't play by the rules. If there are rules in a book, he's gonna burn that book. That book, throw it out. You got a you got a new board game? Just have rules. Not playing by them. First rule he breaks. He doesn't read the rules. <laughs> But you, I can go counterclockwise in Monopoly if I want. I don't play by the rules. <laughs> so we find out that Leno's buddy, Mac, was the junkyard detective that got killed by Tom. Who Newman. got shot by a rocket. Yes. At which point Leno reacts, shot. <laughs> That's his emotional reaction. Like, shot. Oh. And it's delivered by the chief, who then immediately warns him not to involve himself in the case. It's Ernie Hudson's case. It's it's such a cliche. It's an angry black chief. Yeah. In the in the cop department. Absolutely. Cop department. Police He's department. Constantly yelling about the people, the various people who are on his ass. Yeah. So your buddy died. Stay off the case. <laughs> They never wanted people to go on cases. No, that's that's really bad detective work. But again, you tell he should have told go ahead work the case because Leno doesn't play by the rules. (laughs) He He would have broke that rule. If the rule is don't work the case, (laughs) guess what he's gonna do? (laughs) So then they mention, uh, well, do you want to interview or do you want to take a look at the other guy? I don't even know if I want to say this, but this word gets a yep. ton of, of... My line right here is the word Jap is used 40,000 times. 40,000 times. So yes, Oshima is referred to as a Jap, although someone says, can you call a Jap a John Doe? Because this movie is very, very racist. Right. 
And this isn't as like, oh man, racist Detroit cops. God, this is a real problem. It's like, no, this is like, yeah, he's Asian, and so you can't call him a John Doe hilarious bit, right? Like, it's it's played for laughs, yeah, it's not played... as, like, disgusting. Right. Marita goes to Oshima's hotel room, and the thing about Pat Marita, he can just break in and out of everything, because this is another bit of the movie racism. Yeah. Japanese people can do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. So he can just break right into the hotel room. Yeah. That you need a card key to get in, and he snoops around looking for the turbocharger prototype. Exactly. Very good, yeah. Leno, they find a hotel key on Oshima's body. And so even though he was told, don't work the case, he's going to go investigate. So he just takes Ernie Hudson's car yeah. and leaves Ernie Hudson at the crime scene. Tell him he's riding home with somebody else. He's like, go ride home with somebody else. Like, fuck asshole. <laughs> but they both arrive in the hotel room and there's a little bit of cat and mouse kind of thing. They're both sneaking around the in the The filming of this, while they're both in this hotel room, the shadows on the wall, the music, it is a 80 it's Remington steel yeah. that's what level of production Absolutely. this is it's it's moonlighting mm-hmm. you know yeah. what i mean it's without the wit. super super cheap uh yeah but the hotel has obviously been torn apart uh leno kind of gets the drop on marita and flips open the light flips on the lights he has his gun on him and says hey hey we're the monkeys i don't know why i don't know either but i, I watched all the trailers and all the advertising for material for this it is in all of them Ugh. that was like the top line that they were selling was leno singing hey hey we're the monkeys oh boy so this starts a chase scene burita escapes jay leno chases they're chasing up and down these hotel elevators at the saint regis another hotel. 80s Cliche. Cliche. Another 80s cliche. The glass elevator chasing. Chasing on a glass elevator. Absolutely. Yeah. And the music is going nuts. (laughs) Leno actually says, while they're searching for Pat Marita, hold anybody that looks different. Yep. Yep. What zany racism. (laughs) So they catch Marita, and there's this whole bit with all the racist cops. uh, The racist cop from Homicide takes Marita in a room and says that he speaks some Jap. Right. At which point he says things like teriyaki and yep. suki he, He's and just laying it on thick. It's just hilarious. because And you know he's the bad cop because he's a fat guy who's balding. And you know, like, oh, this he can't be likable. Yeah. So Marita is pretty much keeping his mouth shut. Leno is super pissed off. So And he, they find out that um, Marita is here on some kind of business. Here's the thing. All this movie, they're saying Jap, all this, all the place, they're, they're making comments like that. But I was like, yeah, okay, the the, the shitty cops are racist. Because up to that point, they're the only ones right. really laying that on. It's like, yeah, there's cultural differences. It's the 80s, economically depressed Detroit. Right. We're mad at the auto industry, whatever. But now Leno gets in on it, mm-hmm. like hardcore. He uh, starts doing Godzilla bits. Does Godzilla. He mentions Madam Butterfly, yeah. Kabuki Theater. There's not a Japanese, or no, not even an Asian reference that does not get untouched. And they're not even jokes. No. It's just like Kabuki Theater, Godzilla, boom, Japanese. Yeah, it's just... Just Asian reference after Asian reference. And that was the point where I was like, oh, no, this isn't just – these cops are unlikable. No, this is the sensibility of the film. Exactly. Yeah. Pat Morita explains that he is there on this mission, and he's a a Japanese detective. Yeah, he says he's a Tokyo cop. Uh, They call the corporation, and there's some kind of miscommunication. But they all speak Japanese. Yeah. So they just go on his word. Yeah. Like this man was found at a hotel room of the dead man who was murdered. Yeah. And they just go on his They're word like, That's all right. that the Japanese that was spoken on the phone is saying, <laughs> like, yes, he's a detective. Oh, he talks Japanese. <laughs> well, okay. Good enough. Um, 
So yeah, they let Marita go, but Costas, uh, that's Jay Leno again, he is still suspicious, so he's going to tail him around. Fujitsuma first goes to a photo shop, and he drops off some photos, which it turns out are Oshima's photos that he found in the hotel room. Leno must have been overjoyed at having to dress for this movie, because it's no different than how he dressed in the late 80s. Yeah, exactly. uh, Doing stand-up. Suit, coat, open-collar, shirt, jeans. <laughs> it's just like he went right from there to the club. Exactly. So, so at this point, we're introduced to Jared. Jared's- That's Jared. <laughs> uh, Jared, who is some rich automaker, and he's about to introduce the Jared Starburst, which has some kind of exciting new part in it. I wonder if that could be... Hmm. So now it's very clear that Chris Sarandon owns Jared and and... You know, he's a puppet at this point. And we're going to have Tom Noonan following Derek Jarrett around for the rest of the movie. Absolutely. Fujitsuma goes to investigate the Jared auto factory, and he gets into the building first by just grabbing a riding lawnmower and riding right past the security <laughs> guard. And then we see him inside, and he's dressed as a custodian, and he's just basically having his run of the place, sure. wearing various worker outfits. So this was the one bit where I said there's a positive in this movie, and it's the performance of Richard Gant, character actor, legend Richard Gant. Jay Leno's way to get in because he's a smooth talking actor. Axel Foley type is to con these security guards want to be cops about that he can hook them up with jobs. And Richard Gant, I thought this made me laugh. This actually, this one scene made me actually laugh. It was good. Richard Gant delivers a great performance of a security guard who just loves hearing from a cop that he's doing a great job. (laughs) Meanwhile, giving him all the information of (laughs) how to get in and out of the building. It was a pretty good performance. Yeah. I mean, I will say the level of character actors in this movie is sky high because we'll see there's a few more to come. Yeah. So Costas captures Fujitsuma and handcuffs him to the car. Uh, But as they're driving, they see a purse thief. (laughs) That's good writing. (laughs) Yeah. So Fujitsuma is like, we got to chase him. We got to chase him. And I was like, yeah, we didn't get to chase him. And then he's like, okay. He basically shames him into chasing, doing his job as a police officer and chasing him. The purse thief hides. Leno runs past, doubles back. Fujitsuma has managed to get out of his handcuffs and wax him on the face with the lid of a trash can. Yeah, Pat Morita takes out like a six foot four, 23 year old man running full steam. It's awesome. Yeah, there's literally no point to this scene at all, except I think just to establish that maybe Fujitsuma is, there's more to him than he lets on. We're friends now, is what this scene is. We're friends now, or at least we have respect for each other. Yeah, so Casas actually takes Fujitsuma to his house. The, the, the word partners is thrown out there and we get the classic 1980s drinking and bonding scene it is not funny (laughs) at which point fujitsuma passes out in a box of kfc when they agree to team up that's right when they agree to team up uh natsuo says to costas he says I will help you find who killed your friend Mac. Right. How the fuck does he know about Mac's death and that they were friends and partners? That's never been revealed yeah. to him. He was not at the scene where the chief reamed out Costas and told him to stay off the case. He just knows everything. He just knows everything. And then Costas tells him, he warns him very much, you only get one chance. Yeah. One shot. Which now we're in Detroit, and I can see a young Marshall Mathers watching this movie <laughs> and saying, I can make a career out of this. But they do go to Eight Mile at one point. That's true. Yeah, so it's all connected. So I mentioned Fujitsuma, very unfunny drunk scene, ends with Fujitsuma passed out in a box of KFC. So there are some commercials going on, the product placement going on in there. Oh, yeah. However, that product placement is nothing compared to the product placement 
of Pepsi Cola. The only well-framed shots in this movie <laughs> are of Pepsi products. Like, I don't think Louis Teague was even on set for that. They had a Pepsi executive come in and shoot those special. Yeah, the other four directors it were Pepsi execs. lovingly shot in every scene. The logo is always perfectly <laughs> facing. And as we'll see... The key to solving the mystery comes with a picture of Pepsi. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. It's like fucking Mac and me. <laughs> it's all Pepsi. So the next day after they wake up hungover at the apartment, they go to... Well, Leno wakes up hungover. Marita is a yeah. bright and shining, and he has cleaned up Leno's absolutely disgusting apartment. Because Japanese people can do anything. Well, Japanese people again, are magic in this movie. <laughs> absolutely, they are. Leno has no wit. And no charm, but at least Certainly he's not. xenophobic. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, he says, quote, you guys came along and ruined Detroit. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> that's that's your take on that? <laughs> oh, man. And uh, we also, once again, see Leno's very stalkery method of hitting on women, which is say, I'm a cop, give me your number or else. When they go to the auto show the next day to trail D- Derek Jared, Marita is accosted by Tom Noonan, and he says, "He says, what's your name? He says, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, I right? Know, yeah. <laughs> Leno, who is across the place at this busy auto show hitting on a woman yeah. who basically ignores him. Good on you, woman. Yeah. Comes over and is like, Dwayne? How did he fucking hear Dwayne he Johnson? Hear this movie is so, so fucking bad. Sloppy. It's so fucking sloppy. Scully, that's Tom Noonan, his behavior at the auto show makes everyone suspicious because he's taking the CEO of the company and just like smacking him around just on the trade show floor. <laughs> it's not a very, very good criminal behavior. The other things in this movie, like Marita, when he, he, he says the words piece of shit, he calls someone a piece of shit, but then he hears fry your ass. Yeah. And he doesn't know that. Like he knows some colloquial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but not others. The hijinks are just there just for whatever needed on that page. Yeah, it's like the kids in Renaissance Man who had never heard of a right. play and had never heard of Shakespeare but knew it's rotten in Denmark and knew what that <laughs> meant. <laughs> so yeah, Scully makes the cops suspicious, so they follow him. They follow him to a bowling alley. And fun fact, this was act- this is an actual bowling alley in Detroit. It's still open. It's called Garden Bowl. Mm. It is the longest continuously operating bowling alley in the United States. It has been open since 1913. Interesting. Yeah, so it has now two claims to fame because also Collision Course was shot there. <laughs> so they follow him into this bowling alley. At Full which point, of economic anxiety. Oh, there's a lot of economic anxiety going on because as soon as they see an Asian guy, they are ready to murder him. Every game stops. Murder. <laughs> like they just see an Asian guy. Like... Someone says, somebody here order sushi, and then Randall Tex Cobb is there, and he's straight up ready to just, like, yank him out. It was like they were all just waiting there. Right. Like, they are very excited by his presence, and and they're, they're very angry because Japan has ruined America, and, of course, here's the symbol of all Japan. But there was one funny bit, I thought, at least attempted a joke, where half of the guys... That you think they're going to beat them up, but they just come in and they start arguing tariffs and economic yeah. trade stuff. They try to do a little take on it. It, it doesn't Subvert work. it. No, it doesn't work. Because it's, it's so clumsily written exactly. and, and shot. But this bowling alley brawl, because it turns into a full brawl, yeah. is set to Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so not of the moment, right? There's a big brawl, but it's set to this 80s synth pop funk music. Yeah, so we get the classic fist fight. Very overbearing music. Uh, Mike Starr is in the scenes. I was mentioning other other great character actors. Mike Starr, the mm. fine character actor, is one of the one of the economically <laughs> ang- anxious workers. Also, Ron Taylor. Yeah. The big Barry White looking motherfucker right. from Trading Places. Yep. But yeah, this fight scene, it's brutally unfunny. It's poorly shot. At one point, uh, both Marita and Leno get knocked down on the floor together. And Leno, of course, is 
quick with the punchlines. The it had to be my luck. I met the one Japanese man who doesn't know karate. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so even the, know. How, how do they get out of this? I don't even know. The f- they kind of get thrown out of the build, or they just run out of the bowling alley, yeah, it, and they're they, out on the street. They're now. just out on the street next. What's weird is that the fight like spills out, and there's like two black guys who are just like beating the shit out Savagely. of each other while this is like savage beating. While this is, and the woman is jumping on and trying to grab him away, and they're just doing comedy bits. Like this is not a love letter. To Detroit. Right. No, 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 no. They just go into a random place, actually a landmark of the city, and every person in that place starts to commit a hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> that then just spills out into the street, and people are just randomly punching each other. And if you think back to earlier when they didn't even like each other, they they, they bonded over their need to stop a purse thief robbing from an old white woman. Now these two black guys are just beating the crap out of each other. Hey. They don't blink an eye. No, exactly. They don't even acknowledge it. Um, but Fujitsuma and Casas are buddies now. So Fujitsuma finally shares the whole truth about the stolen turbocharger fucking turbocharger prototype. And this is the uh, first time Costas asks him for any proof of it. Yeah. He ha- this is the first time anybody questions his story. Anyone asks for any proof <laughs> for anything. They decide that Scully's behind this, so they go to Scully's house. And, of course, Leno just breaks right in because why? He doesn't and play you, by the rules. And you know this is coming back when he says it's probable cause. And then the way Marita repeats probable, probable cause. Probable cause? I'm like, I wrote, coming back. Yeah. I know this is coming back. <laughs> So while in the house, they find the rocket gun that shot the guy Mac at the dump. They find the rocket gun. Um, hey, which Scully- Leno picks up and says, the gun that killed Mac. Because <laughs> remember? <laughs> but Scully drives up and sees them in the house because they just left their car out in the front of his house. And Scully just has printouts of how the gun works on his desk. <laughs> they found the printouts, the, like the PDF doc- documents of how the gun works, the gun in another room. So he he sees them, and out of his trunk, he pulls a legit rocket launcher out. They see him, and he shoots the house just as they jump out the back window, which I here's my one positive thing that I will say about this movie. Nice stunt. Sure. Nice stunt, because you see it in one shot. You see two guys jump out of a window onto the ground, and then you see a big explosion behind them. Sure. Pat Morita and Jay Leno run to catch a train, and it's I say Pat Morita and Jay Leno, but it, it was like Stan Morita and Phil Leno because it was not them, not obviously, close. jumping not on the train. Close. Although I will say, it's even more jarring to actually watch Jay Leno run. It, it, that's right. He does. They don't show him run for more than like half a block. Watching him run with a gun, it just looks so wrong. It is weird. Yeah, you're right. But they managed to just jump on this train that happens to go right by. At five miles an hour. <laughs> About five miles per and hour. And then stops. With open doors. It stops immediately as soon as they jump on. <laughs> so now Scully's got him trapped. And I am sitting here watching this movie and I wrote down, who writes a scene where a killer with a rocket launcher has two cops pinned down in a train? <laughs> So yeah, the train stops and Scully catches up with them, but Fujitsuma is carrying a grenade. Yeah, he found in the house. So he throws the grenade, which falls into a fruit cart. But I, yeah, I forgot to say that train conveniently stopped by a bunch of watermelons because we can't have an explosion without some effects. <laughs> some fruit, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, we'll throw you the turbocharger prototypes. So they throw the grenade and when he looks into the fruit cart, kaboom, Scully's dead. Yeah. So now we're at Philip Madras because somehow they now know Madras is behind it. Leno has figured it out. Well, there's some, some kind of connection to, to Chris Sarandon's character. So they figured out 
that it's this rich guy. And we find out Madras is like a sort of pillar of the community type. He's setting up a new free clinic. Yeah. Socialism, bad. <laughs> so he's at this public event where he's got, of course, the shovel in the ground with a bunch of community people. Texcom is there. And again, kind of like how Tom Noonan was pushing Derek Jarrett around on the showroom floor. Texcom just walks up to Philip Madras, who's who's an obviously important man in the local community. Yeah. This man has got to be a known felon, yeah. right? He's got, And then he's just walking up, whispering in his ear. He's in like biker gear. No report. Porter's like, uh, why are you talking to <laughs> murderers? <laughs> why do they have access to you? But Leno decides to confront him right there at the yeah. ceremony in front of everyone and actually yells at him, I'm on your ass, <laughs> which is very troubling. And then he starts fighting cops. Leno starts fighting cops. Yeah. So Leno and Marita are brought in. Both of their bosses are yelling at them simultaneously, one in American or one in English, one in Japanese. This is where we see Pepsi products are just all over everyone's yep. desk. There's a machine everywhere. They're going to hold Fujitsuma before sending him back to Japan, but Costas actually helps him break out and because it, he doesn't play by the rules. The chief says to Costas, Scully was blown to bits along with half the city. What? We, there was like one fruit stand. <laughs> there was like a few watermelons. Come on. Don't oversell it. But we it. do have a gun and badge scene. They go for, I don't know why exactly, but they go to what I can only describe as a sax synth club. Because oh, yeah. the blaring sax synth music that has been happening the entire film, now there's a whole club for this blaring sax synth music. And does Pat Morita get up and do a silly dance? <laughs> yes, he does. To a song called Can You Feel the Friction? <laughs> I could. Pat Morita's getting down with like four fly girls. <laughs> it's fucking, it's so embarrassing, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I want to say that like Marita comes out of this unscathed, but he doesn't. He, doesn't. he looks so bored. I know he got paid for this movie, and that's the only reason he did it. Yeah, and it's just like uh, he's 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 as bad as Leno. Honestly. Yeah, well, but for somebody, he has impeccable comic timing. I will say that, yeah. So he's I, as bad as Leno is not fair, but I guess Leno, you know, Marita had done decades of TV and, and yeah. movies at that point. So yeah. yes, you're right. He has comic timing, but anytime. It asks for a comic take. It's usually a funny face or a funny dance or him rolling his eyes or, or an like, accent or like doing you know like thumbing thumbing his chin at people and stuff. Oh like, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. just low, low stuff. It is somehow we got a Duke's eighty eight game clue. I don't I don't know what this is. So this is the Pepsi machine. Okay, yeah, that's right. So they are looking through they they look through Oshima's photos and they see one that they think is a family picture, but he notices a Pepsi machine in it and it's tagged by a local gang of uh, the eight mile. They Do, think this is where that comes up. Yeah. And they're like, Oh my god, that picture was actually taken here. There's a Duke's Which somehow they figure out oh, fuck this dumb fucking There's name. a Duke's eighty eight gang tag on that delicious Pepsi machine <laughs> that only cost a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> is this a full commercial <laughs> but yeah pepsi solves the mystery somehow <laughs> it's like pepsi is the clue to solving the mystery but now they're gonna break into another place and now marita doesn't play by the rules either it's come full circle he says the words probable cause oh now we jump to and this is inexplicable. Race day. Yeah, Grand Prix. Because what? I don't know. This was not set up at all. Somebody was like, Detroit, cars, there's a Grand Prix. Sure, racing, cars, chase, something. <laughs> so the bad guys and the good guys both descend on the garage where Oshima brought his rental car. Yeah. Which I don't know how they figured this out, but they've, they've figured out that the turbocharger 
is in the rental car. It's Which, in the engine of the rental car that Oshima had. And the Pepsi charger was at the place where the rental car got fixed. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So everyone descends on the garage, and the guy at the garage is like, hey, I don't have it here. It's in the rental car, which is fucking wherever, right? Yeah, it's right. at the rental car place, I guess. They brought it back to the re- <laughs> They did. They brought it back to the rental. Or was that the car being It's a budget rental car No, no, no. It's a budget rental car Okay. Yeah. They, they brought his rental car. I stopped paying attention. Oh, who gives a shit, though? But yeah. But again, Philip Madras, local businessman, now surrounded by eight murderers with guns. Yeah. So all that matters is the bad guys are there, and Casas and Fujitsuma are there. This starts a big shootout and a big chase. Leno tries to grab one of their guys as a human shield, and yeah. he is just completely... This shootout makes no sense. Yeah. They run off. They take off on a motorcycle. Yep. What's hilarious about this is just as the chasing is about to start, you see Leno and Marita jump on the bike right before we get into the, to the stuntmen who are going to be doing this. Yeah. Marita somehow he grabs a helmet and awkwardly plunks it on top of Leno's head <laughs> because it's like, who the fuck are you going to get a body double for Jay Leno? <laughs> like, I mean, not even seriously. You'd have to go to the Jim Henson creature shop. <laughs> So this starts a really long, like, the motorcycle chase, which, of course, has very blaring music. Leno's on the motorcycle. There's these indie cars that are zipping all around them. Uh, The bad guys are chasing them. Marita's on the back of the motorcycle, hanging on, doing funny faces. But, of course, this car chase has to go through several fruit vendors. (laughs) Car chases do not happen in worlds where fruit vendors are not everywhere. No. (laughs) The thing, though. That's another car chase that comes later. You Our, skipped the car chase. I admit, I took a piss. I yeah, took, no, this, drank and went for a delicious Pepsi. So this car chase ends with the motorcycle going off of a handy ramp that is there and flying down a tunnel while Saranen and his goons get trapped. Yeah. So now they decide it's a race to the rent-a-car place. So they go to a random rent-a-car place. Absolutely not. Budget rent-a-car. Because <laughs> no everything is a fucking product placement in this movie. So they go to budget rent-a-car and they're like, the budget rent-a-car people just rented a, the car out to okay. some old lady. It's the car that's right out there. The old lady steps on the gas, and because it's a stolen turbocharger prototype in the engine, the car just rockets off. <laughs> rockets off. <laughs> I missed all of this. You missed all that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. You did, you did a very good job recapping it, though. <laughs> I assume. I mean, I didn't miss it. So the lady takes off. She crashes the car. They run up to uh, Casas and Fujitsuma. Run up to her in the car that has the stolen prototype charger, charger, sure, proto charger turbo type uh-huh. in the engine. They pull her out of the car and they speed off in the car because now Saranen and his goons are going to chase. And now that starts another car chase. What is hilarious though is as they speed off in the turbocharger prototype car, just like in Can't Stop the Music, the old woman yells at them, "You shithead!" <laughs> She chases them for a bit, too. (laughs) (laughs) So this starts another car chase. Now, this one ends with a spectacular crash, like all 80s movies do, into a fruit stand. Okay. Fruit everywhere. Yeah, okay, good. So we want to talk about positives for this movie. This ending is the fourth quirky positive for the movie. Oh, my This ending comes the fuck out of nowhere. Oh, nowhere. Nowhere. Just remember, this has been... A very lifeless, yeah, pretty straight, dumb action comedy from the eighties. It's TV total, movie, total is what it's genre been. piece, boring total as shit, total genre piece. So 
There's a spectacular crash. Leno, Leno and Marita take off down an alley. They yeah. start running down an alley. Sarandon is maybe like 40 yards back or something like that. Pulls out his gun, starts shooting, starts shooting, starts shooting. Boom! Hits Leno in the leg. Leno goes down. Can't get up. Can't get up, Marita. Get you want to see some up. acting. You see Leno take a bullet to the leg, oh boy. go down, <laughs> yes. and then crawl across the ground. You believe it. Master class. Oh, my God. So Chris Sarandon sees, oh, Leno's down, he can't get up, I'm going to take my car, and I'm just going to drive straight at him. Just going to drive and run him over. Even though I have a gun, I'm going to drive straight at him. Leno's on the ground, he sees the car coming, Marita's like, get up, get up. Leno says, run away, run away, get out of here. Uh, Marita is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he decides... This, this part... <laughs> remembering that a key character trait of Fujitsuma... <laughs> It's his inability to do karate. He does not know karate, and when we see him in fight scenes, he looks totally helpless. Yeah. He's also about 60 years old. He sees the car speeding at him and decides, I'm going to run at this thing. Yeah. He starts running full speed at the car. Screaming out loud. Car is coming to him. Full to the car. Car, him, car, him, car, him. And Chris Sarandon has now seen what's happening and figures, great, I'm going to run this guy over. Two for one. laughing maniacally as he's speeding up Absolutely. As they are about to collide... Pat Morita leaps up, and this movie that, like I said, has been a cliched 1980s action comedy the entire turning time for 12 seconds turns into Kung Pao Enter the Fist. He jumps, leaps through the windshield of the speedy car, and kicks Sarandon square in the face, killing him. Two feet right into his face. His face explodes. His face just explodes in close-up. Now we have Marita laying on the outside He's of his car. on the outside. The car is going wild. The car is still being driven still by a driven headless by man. Decapitated. His head has been kicked clean off. The car Somehow misses a Leno who was laying right in front of it. Misses Leno, hits the building, at which point the car catches fire. <laughs> And Marita gets out, and they have to drag each other away from the explosion. Which, oh. again, in this movie about domestic car production and this economic anxiety of this this economy that has gone away from Detroit, kicking an American car causes it to burst into flames. You, a jump kick at a speeding car <laughs> crashes the windshield, and a man's head goes through the windshield like it's a Ziploc bag. <laughs> <laughs> the full as soon as the car takes any impact it bursts into flames oh my god yeah it is it's so fucked because like this movie is 95 minutes of just the most boring cliched who gives a shit about any of this shit and then for 10 seconds pat marita leaps through the windshield of a speeding car and kicks a man straight in the face that tacked on ending it was kind of it should have been like collision cloverfield course you know what i mean because that ending just came out the fuck out of nowhere and the hilarious thing is like they're both dripping in blood yes the music is getting really dramatic and heavy we were on the couch like laughing hysterically crying laughing oh my god it was amazing when he flies into the car it's such a green screen shot. It's so Marita cartoonish. like shifts from the left side of the screen to the right to where Sarandon. So you can see Sarandon and then he just gets blocked by Marita. Not only does he jump kick, he does a jump kick with English, you know? <laughs> so that's it for that. So in the next scene, it's they're at the airport. Fujitsuma's heading back. He's in a wheelchair. Because there's no repercussions of any of all of that. No. Costas is on crutches. Yeah, all of this destruction that they caused. So they get a farewell. Fujitsuma ruse that he's heading back to Japan without the stolen turbocharger prototype. But guess what Lennon produces? By way of the not Leslie Easterbrook. Stolen turbocharger prototype. Yep. So he gets that back. 
and they're best buddies now, and they're both leaving. And then we get, I don't know if I have ever seen this before, but you know in the 1980s, freeze frame ending. Yeah. That's a classic 80s thing. Split screen, freeze frame. It turns to Marita in his wheelchair. He turns around, freeze frame, Boom, it goes to a split screen, and then bam, Leno freezes. And they're both kind of frozen, not on like these really good smiles, like at the end of Karate Kid where Marita's just smiling. They look relieved. It, they're just kind of like <laughs> eh, mid-movement. The the other thing, like we talk about how much this movie's of the 80s of a different time, just that scene in the airport when he gives him that prototype yeah. turbocharger and then tells him to hide it. <laughs> a man hide. Yeah, boarding a, a plane with a giant machine that yeah. he's kind of hiding. That would not go down on a plane today. On an international flight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Businessman hiding something secretive? Come on in. <laughs> so that's the end of the damn movie. Yeah. Then there's just some blaring synth and sax and... There's Credits a roll Denise and Williams song at the end. And I saw most of the songs were written by the same people who yep. did the score. Yeah. So that was not a good decision. Oh, boy. So let's wrap it up and let's give our ratings and then let's cast this movie to the land of wind and the shadows. The land of wind and shadows where it shall never bother us again. Quirky, or, or, any AKA final AKA thoughts? Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Take that, Detroit. Topical humor. <laughs> <laughs> so any final, <laughs> any final thoughts? On a little um, film called Collision Course. We've stressed it a bunch, but really, this movie is from a different era. The, yeah. the buddy cop. It's from dude, a more racist era. And and I got excited a couple months ago on a mini episode when I thought we were getting dared running scared. <laughs> because there's a thing about these 80s cop movies that I'm fascinated about. The extra legal abilities of these cops. Right. They, they don't they don't suffer any consequence. The worst thing is they have to turn in their gun in the badge. That's it. But yeah. they murder with impunity. Oh, absolutely. And we're supposed to cheer along there breaking into places because hey, cops are cops, yeah. right? It's from a different time, excluding all the, you know, Japan, Detroit stuff. It's just the way it's made. It's fascinating for that aspect to me because I grew up in that time. But uh it, it, full double dare. This movie's should be forgotten. It was it was great to be not released. Yeah. A good idea on uh, everybody. Yeah, they ca- try to capitalize on Leno getting Tonight Show. Uh, yeah, Double Dare. Don't watch. No, us. it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, well, you hear those stories about how like I mean, this movie is so much worse than the ET video game for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred that got buried in the desert. <laughs> like if you're gonna bury something in the desert, this would be the thing to do. Sure, it is so poorly made. Leno looks so uncomfortable. He made me so uncomfortable. Uh, he can't act. He can't. I mean, he's not. I don't like his comedy either. I just. Yeah. I. I'm not a Leno fan no. at all. But like watching him do character work is just brutal. I mean, it's he's so out of his element. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a double dare for me too. It's a completely incompetent movie. Although it's got ten amazing seconds in it, I will give it that. Right. Jumping through the windshield of a speeding car and kicking a man's head. The off. two highlights are Richard Gant's performance and that ending. Couldn't agree more. So that is all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel Remembers the 80s. But we'll be back next week to review another one of your movie dares. In the meantime, check out our Thursday mini episode for a preview of the next Dare Daniel review, as well as more talk about your dares and movies in general. And until then, send your most sadistic or altruistic movie dares. Thank you again, Darcy. I love you. Send them to us at daredaniel.com and be sure to follow Dare Daniel Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also donate to the show now. Go to the Dare Daniel website and click the donate button. Any amount would help uh, offset the costs of producing the show. About, what do you say, 15, 20 million an episode? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Collision course esque uh, production values on the show. <laughs> 
Corky, where can people find more of your work? I'm performing at bowling alleys and mm-hmm. photo booths all throughout Detroit. Yep. And I'll be doing my one-man brand of economic anxiety-induced shows. <laughs> that sounds... That Last sounds... episode, I said I was hanging out with Nazis. I said, I'm hanging with the wrong people. <laughs> Not very funny people either. If you you know who me. would love this movie? Who's the Blue Collar Comedy Tour fans. Oh, my God. They sure would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More topical comedy references. <laughs> For Dare Daniel, I'm Daniel Barnes. Our producer is Johnny the Cable Guy Flores. And I'm Corky McDonald <laughs> saying <laughs> probable cause. <laughs>